That's beautiful cinema. Uh, hey, what's up? This is a Dead End Road show thing, I guess. Uh, I don't know if we're going to call it beautiful cinema or, you know, what exactly it's going to be. But um, uh, we decided to break out uh, the movie review slash discussion part of the show uh, to try something new. Um, so if you're listening, uh, thanks. That's pretty cool. Um, and so for this first uh, episode, edition, whatever you want to call it, uh, we watched Irma Vep the HBO miniseries, uh, and we're going to talk about it. Did you want to say, like, who you are in case in case there is somebody new? Oh, sure. This is Bill and Ian. We're yes. just hanging out, uh, talking talk about some fucking French films, you know. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, like, we're usually not used to um, recording two back-to-back podcasts. So, so it's a little... It's a little different, even though it shouldn't really be all that much different because we would uh, record this segment at the tail end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for some reason, there's a slightly different vibe, and I don't know what it is. It's the ghost of, of Irma Vep that's haunting us. Maybe that might be it. That might be it. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that I moved my podcast window over to my second monitor. Uh, that could be it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I've thrown everything off. I've, I've, I've ruined it. Um but yeah, we watched Irma Vep. Um, I watched uh, six episodes yesterday. See, that's that's interesting. We'll get into the how, how you consume it because I think that's yeah that's part of. Uh, we'll get into that, but because what I did was I watched one episode a day for the past like week. I had a feeling that's probably what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to try to do, or at least approximate it, because that's usually how I watch things anyway. Yeah, is something close to that. Like if it's something that I'm into, um, unless it's like anime or whatever, then I just kind of power through it um but uh i sort of ran out of time (laughs) yeah no it's it's different when you have when we're gonna be doing this and you have like a set date for it yeah and the other thing was that i watched the first episode and at the end of it it felt like such a self-contained thing Mm -hmm. and like what you had said last week sort of stuck in my head because you had seen a, a a few by that point i guess um, or maybe just a couple. Yeah. Um, you had said like, oh, and if you don't finish it, uh, don't worry about it. Um, and then I was, and at the time I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to watch the whole thing. Um, but then I watched the first episode, uh, and then it was like so self-contained and I was like, oh, you know what? I feel like, I feel like that, I, I feel like I got it. Okay. See, I, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant like, oh, if you don't get through the whole thing this week, we can just push the recording <laughs> to a later date. Oh. It was like a oh, okay. logistical thing. It had nothing to do with the, um, the 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 well, show itself well yeah i know but i still figured you meant like that you could do the brunt of the discussion because you had seen most of it and then i could still talk about what the what i had seen no um, no that's not what i meant oh well anyway but still what you had said was kind of in the back of my head uh-huh. just a little bit sure um and so i kind of put off watching it for a couple days because i was like you know I, fe- I felt like i got it from that first episode i was like okay yeah i got it um but then i kept watching uh you know and and uh the show throws a lot at you. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I want to say conceptually, but that sounds really pretentious. Uh, no, it's OK. I mean the show, is, in a way, is pretentious. And, and I don't even mean that as like a necessarily a bad thing. Right. But like what it's it's throwing a lot at you to think about uh, filmmaking and art. And it's it's talking about art so much and what that means and what that means to specific characters and really what that means for the director. Mm-hmm. Um, because... By the end of it, uh, there's like three layers at least, which is what which, which after seeing the movie that the show is based on, um, y- y- you kind of expected that. Yeah, I actually count you know, four four layers. 
Okay, sure. Yeah, it's a four-layer dip. Yeah. Um, you, we expected that going in. We just didn't know to what degree. Um, because so I thought that uh, that this was going to be a remake of the movie originally. Me too. And it turns out it kind of is. But I didn't know to what degree, and I didn't expect it to be a remake of the movie in the way that it's a remake of the movie. <laughs> yeah, because Renee, the director, the, the character in the show who is the director, is basically meant to be Olivier Assayas, the actual showrunner. And, and director. Yes. And so like this, this TV series in this TV series, Renee has made the 1990, whatever version of Irma. Yeah. 1996. 96. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, and the, the reveal when that happens, which doesn't happen until like the third episode. Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was like one of those wide eyed moments, even though it was like such a, almost like a throwaway conversation, like part of the conversation. Yeah. I should say. Um, and it was just like, oh, Jesus, this is what he's doing. Yep. With <laughs> this, uh, it's like it, it became so autobiographical at that point that I was like, oh, God, like the, 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 the layers that you now have to peel back because he's now uh, a fictionalized version of the director and then a fictionalized version of Maggie Chung. Yes. Is now a character. Yeah. Maggie like, Chung okay. no longer acts. So I guess there was yeah. never a possibility of her coming back for, for this. Right. Well, or based on whatever their relationship is at this point. True. True. That uh, whatever degree it was fictionalized in this, you know, how, however real that may or may not be. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of hard to gauge sometimes because Renee is a character like this, this show, a lot of yeah. it is very much satirical of like the movie making process as much mm-hmm. as it is like a genuine sort of love letter to it. And I feel like Renee is the most like comical character. Like he's very much the taking the brunt of so many, so much of the humor in the series. Yeah. So I really like that um, Olivier is very like kind of like self-deprecating, you know, mm-hmm. um, because otherwise maybe it, it could be insufferable. <laughs> Sure. Um, but it also does make you wonder, like, how much of it is based on, like, real relationships. Sure. You know? Um, he's, he's like, he's like, um, it's like the fictionalized Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. Sure. Yeah. To reference another HBO property. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's, 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 it, it, it's saying, it says a lot, mostly because there's a lot of conversations in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, it's after, tough. We, we've like, we've talked about shows and movies. We haven't actually like tackled an eight hour series all at once. Uh, so, it, you know, we can kind of, you know, talk about whatever. Yeah. We don't have to be comprehensive. Right. But um, yeah, there's a lot going on here, because uh, like you said, like you're, you have the um, you have the remake of Irma Vep, which is conveyed like it's it's there are um, differences in aspect ratio and like lighting and like that you can tell immediately when you're watching a scene from Irma Vep. Obviously, like they're also in, in character and costume and everything. Um, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold yes. On. When you say Irma Vep. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> it's tough to talk about because there's. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, OK, so because there's there. It's the vampires. Re- the vampires. The, is the, the vampires. Yes. The Vampires is the name of the silent uh, film series from 1917 or whatever. Yeah. That is being made into a series 
now yeah. in, in, the, in the show. Um, that was uh, also adapted in 1996 by Olivier Assayas, and in the fiction of the show, was also made in 1996. Wait, you say adapted. Was was the silent film a real thing? Because I assumed this whole time that that was also a fictional thing that they created. I thought it was real. Really? I guess I never looked into that. But I assumed that that was all also a construction of, from, you know, them, the show. No, it's totally real. Oh, so all that footage was actually from 1917 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, there was even, uh, in the credits, they even said, like, with reproduction permission or something like that. Like, is yeah. It, is it wild that I didn't know that? <laughs> yeah, there was no way that they could, that was very much, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe they just used, like, equipment and, and made it look like a 1917. That would have been more impressive than... Yeah, so I guess I was giving the, other, the, the show credit for that. <laughs> any of the other filmmaking that went on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, Musadora and her memoirs that, that was all real. Uh, real person. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't speak to her memoirs being real. Because that is another layer that we were discussing that sort of comes into play sort of later in the series where. Yes. Like about halfway through. Yeah. Uh, they are then either, we are either shown, I, I can't tell if it's actually being adapted. Um, are the, the, actress who played the original Irma Vep in 1917 her memoirs yes um and what was what was your read on that where did like as in like was it being adapted from like what do you mean like like was that actually being part of the being made as part of the show that they were making uh like being included no I I I didn't read it that way I thought that was for us I thought that was for us the viewers of I thought so too yeah but I loved it though I loved it so much um Mm -hmm. if it's if it's true like if these stories are true it is wild because there's the example of the explosion scene where Mm -hmm. um Musadora and her co-star are uh in like a like a restaurant type setting and there's a bunch of extras that they have for the scene and so they basically divide the extras in half and and they say, if you want to be part of this explosion that's going to happen, we will pay you double for the day's work. If you want to be in the front. If you want to be in the front. The yeah, if you want to be yeah. like exposed to that. What they don't tell them is that there is a significant chance that you will be injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does happen. There's like a bunch of injuries on the set. Um, and then there's another one towards the end where uh, Musadora is filming like a very crucial scene of of Irma of, Irm- of the vampires. And there's like a, it involves her being shot. And the sort of um, like lackadaisical way they go about it with very little preparation results mm-hmm. in her actually being injured because the gun is fired off too close to her um oh and there's the train tracks the train I th- yeah I my like god the train going. tracks she's she they film this scene where she lays down on on train tracks for and and they're waiting because they're on a schedule because they're waiting because for the, the train, real train the real train yeah. is coming and so they they lay her down and they stick a camera there and she just has to endure the train running directly over like on top of her mm-hmm. and they do it in one take and she moves on with her day. It's 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 yeah. truly wild the sort of like uh, um, risks that the actors were taking and the sort of recklessness of the filmmaking and and just all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And well, like now that you know that that silent film footage was real, it's stunning, <laughs> even more, <laughs> even more impactful. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like I figured even even if that wasn't real, I figured they were basing it off of real stories. Sure. You know, like real stuff that happened in the film industry mm-hmm. in those very like infant in the days of infancy of the, yeah. the, the medium uh, where it's like the Wild West, you know, anything goes. But uh, yeah, yeah it, the fact that it was real, like, man, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So you have you have we have we're shown um, most of the time we're shown scenes from the vampires uh as they happened right like we're shown that actual the original footage and then we're shown the remake in in the fiction of shooting this you know this series yeah like what like how they adapted it i was basically. gonna i was gonna it's, ask you how you felt about that because there's a lot of it there's a lot of scenes and honestly like uh for me it's a convoluted story it's fairly I, hard to follow <laughs> And for me, the meaning that I got out of it was not so much in the scenes themselves, but the context surrounding the scenes, because you usually see what's happening directly before or after or what the actors, their dynamics, like in quote unquote real life are. Mm -hmm. Um, So like everything outside of the scenes themselves were where I got where I took things away from, essentially. Uh, I completely agree with you. Yeah, completely agree. By like in the later stages of the series. I could not follow what was going on in the vampires yeah. at all. There's been 8 million betrayals. Yeah. It's like Irma comical. Is almost, yeah, Irma Vep has almost been caught, you know, so many times and, you know, different gang takeovers and all this kinds of shit. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you a single thing. Which, like... Because they're 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 using this production uh, of the vampires to be um, like this like hot quote unquote highbrow indie television series, right? Mm-hmm. Which like yeah, the commentary surrounding that holds up. Like they do say a lot about that and how it compares to, like Hollywood and bigger productions. They use your favorite word a bunch, which is prestige oh prestige yes um but the thing is when you actually watch these scenes that they're filming it's like this is like barely watchable <laughs> so it kind of takes the, you the out remake? of it a little bit yeah the remake it's like this is yes. not, nothing about this is good yes the acting is really bad yeah um yeah like the first episode um even outside of the the um the scenes that they're shooting I actually thought that the acting was pretty poor, aside from Alicia Vikander, mm-hmm. um, and it was really noticeable. The guy that plays the other director, the the director of the blockbuster. Yes, that is a uh, Herman character's name. Yes, uh, he cannot act to save his life. What do you mean? I thought he was he was perfectly fine. No. His eyes go like dead whenever he talks. I just, he, I no, I viewed him very much as like a, just like a chill dude. And like when you contrast his character with Renee, who's like so spirally and like off the walls. And then Herman comes in, he's like cool, calm and collected. I just, I felt that was part of the character. That was like the contrast between the two. His eyes are like dead. Nah, no, I don't think so. I didn't, at least I, I wasn't was, picking up on that. I thought he was terrible. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then the that that his wife. I thought she was terrible. No, no, I thought she was electric, especially in the beginning when she has that like the power dynamics with Mira. I I thought that was hacky. No, I thought that was like electric. I, I was into that. I like that a lot because mm. she's like the former assistant, and they yeah. had a a relationship. But now she's uh, now Lori is her name. She's married to Herman. Um, but Mira is still like pines after her or lusts after her, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like it's complicated. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like even Mira herself is kind of working through that throughout the series. 
but uh, no, I was I, I like that quite a bit. The, the the relationship stuff easily the weakest part for me. Oh, interesting. Um, it didn't it didn't do much. Uh, because it, 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 at a certain point, and like they even mentioned this, uh, it's like it's like everybody just wants to fuck Alicia Vikander, and like. <laughs> So, okay, but it's more it's more nuanced than that because um, the focus there is, yes, that is true because she's this big movie star, but you're also seeing like how she responds to it, which is where I think a lot of the um, the really good character work uh, for, for Mira comes in, you know, because she's like she's like so composed when faced with the celebrity of it all, you know, but also it wears on her right. too. And I thought that was like such an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, I was um, into it. I, obviously, you weren't, but I was into that that whole aspect of the show. I I, I could have taken it or leave it. You know, like okay, it wasn't terrible, but it was like like the weakest link. You know. But then you have like um, later on in the series, like there's the iconic scene from the uh, Irmavec movie where Maggie Chung gets dressed up in the the, the cat suit and she does mm-hmm. some method acting <laughs> around the hotel. Yeah. And so like Irmavec is this thief. And so she goes around the hotel and she ends up in somebody's room and she steals a necklace. And that whole focus in the movie, the 90s movie, is on Maggie Chung. And mm-hmm. the person that she steals from is just like a throwaway character. There's really nothing that that character has to do with anything, right? But yeah. in the show, they expand upon that and they take the um, the pearl steering, the stealing, the necklace stealing scene, and they make that part of the Mira and Lori and Herman relationship Um, Which I loved. I thought that adding that sort of like personal element to it just like elevated the whole thing. Yeah, I guess. But then you also have her ex-boyfriend. Yes. And his new girlfriend. That did not land for me. Yeah. Because there's uh, the halfway point of the series, one of the episode ends with um, the ex-boyfriend calling up Mira to talk about uh, the very heavy subject of his wife's miscarriage and yes. his wife is uh overseas uh, uh doing like a stage production or something well if they're both in europe so it wouldn't be overseas but yeah in a different country um that's true uh <laughs> thank you for that um uh-huh. but yeah so then he comes over to mirror's hotel and it ends with them having sex which just like for one thing that's fucked up yeah, on sure. his part especially, but I feel like on both of their parts, more so on yeah. his part. But also, like, that's not really even, like, it doesn't go anywhere. No. It just kind of no, happens. It, it ends an episode, which I feel like any episode ending in a limited series should have some significance. And yet, that really didn't the go anywhere. The rest of them did. The rest of them did, but this one just yeah. kind of didn't, they didn't explore that further. And I feel like to sort of have this surrounding the miscarriage and, like, what that entails, like, psychologically... To just, like, have that be, like, a dead end. Yeah. Especially for him to be having, like, that was him saying it, you know? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not his girlfriend, wife, whatever she was to him. Yeah, you never actually you know? see or hear her until the finale. Right. And then she, like, doesn't bring it up about it. Or ca- yeah, yeah, bring it up or is hopefully moved on from it. But you don't know. Like, you, you don't get that right. insight. Well, they, they, they're, they're about to, they're about to have sex. True. And then... He says, like, do you want to try again or something like that? Okay. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's it, yeah. Played, so, by the way, she's played by Kristen Stewart, which is a really yeah. cool surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, not too much of a surprise and because she starred in a number of Olivier's movies, but it was still cool to see. But yeah, like like you, like you just said, it, it doesn't really... It, 
it just seemed like they were doing it for the sake of it. Um, they didn't really have much interest in exploring that avenue. Yeah. Uh, which, which uh, I know we're jumping around, or maybe I'm just the one jumping around, but I did want to bring up my biggest criticism of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it involves another thing where they bring something up, a topic, an issue, and they just, it seems like they're bringing it up, but they have no interest in actually like diving into it and being nuanced about it, which is the quote unquote uh, rape scene. Yeah. Uh, So in the fifth episode, I believe there is a scene in the vampires that they are filming and it involves Irma Vep being, I guess, like drugged or hypnotized. I forget which it is. I think they say hypnotized. Hypnotized. So she's unconscious. And so her captor is like feeling her up. I don't know how else Mm -hmm. to put it. Um, And so Renee has this uh, fixation, this sort of like, enthusiasm this almost obsession with this particular scene and how he wants it to come across and he views it like as explicitly sexual um Mm -hmm. and it's it's almost like he's fetishizing it there's a lot of fetishizing irma vep the character with the cat suit and the way renee like talks about her and and all that right yeah he has a whole he has a whole thing going on he's got a whole thing going on he he has a therapist (laughs) like there's a whole (laughs) yeah um but no this scene in particular there's there's renee uh really received some backlash for it with uh some of the cast and crew mm-hmm. because they view it as irma Vep being sexually assaulted and the uh show is sort of like fetishizing or sexualizing that um and renee like lashes back he's like no that's not the case i'm just like adapting from the source material material um, but the thing is, like, there's this one crew member, and to this point in the sh- series, she has not had a single line of dialogue, mm-hmm. but she speaks out and gives her view on the rape scene and why it's a problematic. And it's like she's there just for that purpose. And, like, we basically never see her again, maybe one other time. Are you talking about the one that's at the other table? At the other table. Yeah, she shows up. She has one other line. She has one other line. Because she was, it was weird. She has one other line where she's, like, at, like, a producer's meeting. Like, she was a producer yeah so it's weird that she was like at this like crew intervention yeah that's the thing she's not a character to be fair like she's not a character of any significance to the show and yet they give her this line uh sort of combating renee's view and then immediately we get a bunch of stuff from renee about how he's excusing his perspective and excusing the scene and he's like this is fine everybody's attacking me and but this is art you know it's the the source material yada yada and that's kind of it and like they bring up they bring up this whole topic of conversation here surrounding a rape scene but yet they also don't want to really get into like dive into it they just kind of want renee to make his point and then we can move on from it that's what it felt like to Um, me that's what it felt like to me it's not quite what happens because then uh, he he he's cons- he does show concern about it because then he goes and talks to Mira. But then Mira backs him up. If, well, yeah, she asked if he asked if she's comfortable with it, mm-hmm. which I think is a decent way to approach it. You know what to it ask, is. You know to what ask it if is? the lead to ask if the lead is involved that's mm-hmm. involved is 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 comfortable with the scene. 
Um, but I, then yeah. she, she does back him up and basically shares the same perspective that he does. That's my issue right there. I agree with you how if this was a real production, asking the lead actor, like that's the perfect way to go about it. Yeah. But like I'm thinking of this as a TV show written by Olivier Esaias and what yeah. he what he himself is trying to convey with this episode. And you come to the conclusion that like, oh yeah, this scene is acceptable and that's it. I'm going to fire the guy that lashed out at me. I'm going to kill him off because he's resentful. You know what right. I mean? Like, I I was thinking of it along those lines. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I I felt like if you're going to if you're going to tackle something with some like that has like weight behind it in history. um, Yeah, it did. It did feel like uh, it was easy to write Mira agreeing with it. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like they completely misplaced the proper rationale for the scene behind uh, a character, like an unreliable character. Uh-huh. Because the person that has the best rationale for it is the crackhead. <laughs> yeah. Gottfried, yeah. Yeah. He's the one that says, "I my character's a villain. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He does bad shit. Sure. Well, like, there, there's yeah. that, but also there is the lens through which you, the viewer, watch, or, or the director even, makes, portrays the scene. Like, there's the male gaze of it yes. all. There's the sexualization of it. Like, you can have a shitty character doing a thing, but if the movie itself is sort of, like, backing him up in the way it portrays I, it, well, right? Well, I do think that, that there's the, the strong point that it's like, well, then if he says this to the, 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 the guy that's, like, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say offended, but like the one that is like bringing this issue to him, um, he's like, well, you know, y- you're you're turned on by it. Mm-hmm. And so like that, that's that's also showing a problem with you mm-hmm. that you're turned on by, you know, an assault. Right. And so that's also part of the point, which I think is a strong argument. Sure. Like even even if it's uh, meant to be, you know, uh, titillating or, you know, whatever, it's like. If you can still recognize that it's uh, a, a villainous, evil act, then, you know, you're good. Like, mm-hmm. like he's, uh, Rene recognizes, he's like, yeah, I'm a, per- I'm a pervert. Oh, God. You know, like, like he's, you know, like he, he does come to that realization in, in that conversation with Mira. Who, who was it that made the argument, the, the false argument of like, oh, Mira, uh, Irma Vep herself is a villain, a villainess or whatever. And um, the, so she like had it coming, right? He did originally. See, yeah, there's that, right? Yes, that was whenever that was whenever the person at the other table came in. That was her uh, like retort was like, "Well, what? So she deserves it? Like that? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just rape culture." Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, that that's obviously you know <laughs> that's a, that's a fucking no go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I I feel like the rest of like at that point they were clearly trying to show that he was like defensive and sputtering. Yes. You know. But I feel like the rest of the um, like the rest of his points were fairly salient about the scene. I think he was just like incredibly defensive over his, you know. Yeah, I guess that's part of what it for me, it felt a little bit too much like Olivier having a problem with um, anyone getting in the way of his like artistic vision, whether they have a valid argument or not. And it's like, well, look, it's you know, it's it's art. It's the way that I interpret it. And you shouldn't have a problem with that. I I feel like that is the the general point that he wanted to get across while also touching on, you know, contemporary issues in film. Right. Like, you know. Not only sex scenes, but uh, uh, sexual dynamics in film 
and on sets and, uh, you know, cultural conversations that have been going on to, <laughs> since since Irmavep was made in 1996. Yeah, there was um there was like a, a couple characters were talking about intimacy coordinators, which I believe yeah. is a fairly recent role to film. Right. Um, I, I think o- only over the past few years has that been implemented in a lot of productions. Um, which I, I like that scene, and it, it also does sort of reflect with the real world because uh, there there was a, an article this week. I forget who said it. It was a very high profile actor said it uh, in an interview. Was like uh, along the lines of intimacy coordinators just get get in the way of uh, actors' uh, natural chemistry, which is okay. which is nonsense. Um, let me see who said that. I want to get. I want to get that uh, Sean Bean. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, it was Sean Bean. Um, he says it like ruins the spontaneity of intimate scenes. Well, no, like that's not that's not what it's doing. It's making sure that everybody is comfortable. Just, um, do a quick Sean Bean allegations search. Oh, Christ. Uh, Sean Bean arrested over allegations. He assaulted his fourth wife. That didn't take long. So maybe he's not uh-huh. the best. Um, <laughs> maybe he's not the voice that needs to be speaking out about int- int- intimacy coordinators, right? Like, yeah. they're there for a reason, um, you know? It's easiest, easiest Google search of my life. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's depressing, really. Oh, pinpointed. Um, I don't know. I just that that episode didn't quite land for me. It felt sure. it felt a little bit too uh, preachy, I guess. There they they do get uh, a little close to that on a couple moments, right? There was the there's Gottfried's uh, party, you know. Yes, yes. Where mm-hmm. he makes a speech about, about the, how film has to be dangerous, yeah, you know, uh-huh. and all that shit. It's like, okay, all right, <laughs> we get it. What'd you What'd you think of of that character? Um, I didn't like him at first at all. Yeah, especially whenever he said that he's a Republican. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and he used to be gay. <laughs> and he used to be gay. Uh, Which, like, although, I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that I works think, either. I think that might have been a dig at my Milo Yiannopoulos, or you say that dude's name, that, oh, that old really? white right wing commentator. Yeah, he he was a he was a well, I say he was gay because that's what he claims. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that might have been a dig at that guy. Okay. Uh, even though he's like he's like been out of the public consciousness for a number of years. Um. Just an alt right weirdo. Sure. Uh, he he defended pedophilia. Yeah. He, it was, it was Jesus. Not, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But yeah. So, so like I, I I at first I didn't uh like this this character, but uh, he did grow on me. Yeah. I, have to say. I think that was the intention. That was like the trajectory so. of of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I did think they were gonna kill him off though. That was that whole ordeal where he <laughs> he was uh. He was going for the autoerotic asphyxiation, but he went, he took it a little too far and he ended up in the hospital. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was pretty amazing. But then he like wakes up. They were like, they weren't sure if he would ever wake up, but he woke up and just like escaped out the Locked window down. and then like yeah. passed out in the hotel, yeah. but then filmed like the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was all just like, I guess a bit because it, it really didn't amount to anything. Yeah. I guess it was just supposed to be like a moment of tension because- he is like almost like dead or dying 
at the same time that Rene goes missing. Oh, right. Yeah. The whole production so like, is like in yeah, limbo. Like, yeah. It's like falling apart, you know, mm-hmm. um, which speaking of, um, I wanted to mention, uh, Regina, um, Mira's yes. assistant and, uh, aspiring filmmaker. Yes. Um, great character who, who, despite being a lesbian is my type. God damn it. Oh, beyond. See the thing. I wasn't going to say this. I wasn't going to say this. <laughs> Um, the thing, the thing is like early on, early on before she really has like her own arc, which she very much does. Um, Mm -hmm. she's like I said, Mira's assistant. And so she's like in the background with scenes involving Mira. Yeah. But like with her face being her face, she's not a background character. (laughs) If you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, it just doesn't work in that way because Mm -hmm. she's uh, stunning. But, um, no, I really liked her like arc because as the production is like in limbo and people are missing, she ends up, the solution is that she will fill in as the director for that day, Mm -hmm. Um, which was so cool because you get to see like insight into her philosophy as like a former film student and just like a lover of the medium and just like what Mm -hmm. she would bring to the table. And it, it it shows itself stylistically in the scene that she makes because it's very like avant-garde and like experimental. And she references this specific filmmaker, uh, which I forget who that was, but she shows like a clip to Mira, like on their way to the production. Mm -hmm. Um, And she makes this, speech about like how movies show us uh like the light in the world and like there's magic to them and like stuff about lucifer and like this just this whole like monologue how, which, how movies are rituals rituals yeah it was just so satan it was borderline <laughs> it was like borderline pretentious but like i was all yeah. i was all for it like i'm like hell sure. yeah this is this is great um yeah also i don't know if this is coincidence or not but she starts talking about how movies involve magic and like that whole thing Mm -hmm. and after that happens you start to get uh mira um going through walls and like the sort of spirit i think that was very much intentional yeah Yeah. the the spirit of irma vep sort of uh embodying her or vice versa um, and like how that played into to Mira's character towards the final like couple episodes, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool. Yeah, both um, as like a philo- philosophical thing, like like a spirituality thing involving movies, and like how you your process of like acting and sort of taking over a character, but also just like logistically having her sp- yeah. <laughs> spy on these people and being able to navigate the hotel rooms and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, and visually too, like her, like sort of haunting over, uh, all these other characters and being like this, uh, this, this presence, you know? Um, yeah. Like watching Renee make his, like his cuts of the movie and he's sort of like losing it and then spying on her, her ex lover and that whole, that whole situation. I don't know. It was just really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is anything, but uh, I know that there's a, a cam like camera line of cameras and a film format called Black Magic. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, what did you make of him, quote unquote, destroying the the movie? again um i just took that as like an a way to adapt the ending of the the, the irma vet movie from the 90s mm. and how mm-hmm. it sort of signals a low point for renee mm. um and his sort of like constant struggle <laughs> with the whole production whether it's like how to frame a scene or whether it's exercising the ghosts of the set <laughs> or like mm-hmm. the um the very uh 
strained relationship he has with the idea of Irma Vep herself. Um, right. He's he's obviously a, a filmmaker who is very passionate. It's a passion project, and that can that can spiral, right? That can you can get so involved and so fixated that you end up losing the plot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what that what that is, right? It's him like just like not knowing how to proceed, not thinking mm. he can proceed, right? Mm-hmm. And it also does sort of like signal, okay, this is where the Irma Vep movie ended, but there's still an episode left of the show. Right. There's like a rebound from that, right? Because Mira's like, oh, you, we need you back because this is your movie. This is like your vision. Mm-hmm. And it really can't, like for as capable of a director as Herman is, it's like, this is a movie that really only you can finish the way it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just thought that was like a great like setup point to the finale essentially. Yeah. And also around that time, I think if I'm getting the timeline right, is where you have that really grand musical number with Irma Vep making her return to like the vampire lounge. Yes. And that ends an episode and also like bleeds into the title sequence of the finale, yes. which I had to mention because I loved it so damn much. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like my shit right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The music uh, was scored by Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. Oh. Um, and because uh, Sonic Youth plays during a, a big scene in the original Irma Vep. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw the name in the credits originally. And I was like, wait, that name looks very familiar. And yep. That's really cool. S- Sonic Youth guy. Yep. Are they still like around as a band? I don't think so. No. But I think he's done the score for a few other movies. Uh, I don't think anything is like artsy is this. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So that was really cool. I don't know. I'm still jumping around. I'm sorry, but we we, we have been all over the place. But it's all right. No. The other that's thing kind of how the, that's kind of how the series is though. Yeah. Like it's very, it's easy to follow in that it's like okay, it's the beginning of production and then the end of production. But like conceptually, it is sort of jumping from idea to idea, mm-hmm. depending on what comes up in. Like the the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there something? Was there other stuff that you wanted to touch upon? Um, no. I mean, like it, it touches on you know like we, we stuff we talk about a lot. You know, like quote unquote content. Yes. You know, and uh, so much of the shit that goes on. Um, yeah. That that's kind of the the last point that I wanted to make, which was the timing of watching this show in the past week. Yeah. Um, a show that is on HBO. <laughs> and mm-hmm. with all of the stuff in the news about Warner Brothers, it the the messaging of it, like you can look at this show and I think rightfully so sort of dismiss it as like like bourgeois and a bit pretentious and just like, you know, really, really hyping up the art of filmmaking <laughs> Um, which it, it's doing all that, you know, it's, it's very French. I, I, I'm a sucker for that type of like French cinema, mm-hmm. but like there's a message here and there's a, a specific scene late. I th- it's between Mira and she talking to Regina. She, I forget who she's talking to, but they're basically talking about how, um, is, should this scene, is the scene entertaining enough or something along those lines? And then the other character strikes back. They're like, well, you know, this is art and art can be more than entertainment. Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause like so much of stuff that you see now on like the streaming platforms are just purely entertainment yep and that's fine but like there also can be more like you can sit down and watch something and like i don't know grow from it learn from it have a a a reaction and emotion to it like it can just it can be so much more than that and they sort of reflect reflect that in that scene and i think to a larger extent that's kind of what the show is 
as a whole. Like it's it's about the filmmaking process. It's like romanticizing that process, but it's also saying like like you have in the finale, Renee is like almost depressed when the production wraps up because he, he feels like empty you mm-hmm. know um because the, it's it's about more than making a show it's it's you're putting so much more into it than that you know yeah um and i just think that it's it's funny as the executives of these huge corporations will just treat a piece of art like a tax write-off as as nothing more than a bottom line than a number you know i think mm-hmm. that message is is important is an important one um and i appreciate that this show did that as sort Sort of like bourgeois as it can come across and like oh these are rich actors and they're living this exuberant lifestyle and they're you know running around and there's this drama but it's you know they're making a film yada yada but it's like you know at the core of it there is a vision there there's art there and that gets lost i think a lot of the time mm-hmm. so it is still i don't know as, as someone who loves movies that's that's that was i, I appreciated that yeah you just think about like so much of the shit and i mean that just in in the sense of using a noun and also in the pejorative <laughs> of the stuff that like is released is just stuff to fill up time yes for the next thing mm-hmm. and then the next thing it's just it's just to spend time and maybe you consider that a waste of time or that's time well spent to you either way it's just to fill up time and whether you consider that um like you know you hear hear about some show somebody watched and like Oh, yeah, that's good. And like, that's like the only word you hear. I know. Right. That's a good one, you know? Yep. And then people are always looking for the next good one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just this this constant cycle of just going through just 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 content. It, it, it reminds me of like over me, it's, it, over. it's it's like if you're deciding what you want to have for dinner that day mm-hmm. in a way, it's like, OK, I'm going to eat this tonight. Um, yeah. I'll just eat something tomorrow because I have to do that to survive. Um, it. it- <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it, it, it really does feel like you could throw anything on the TV sometimes. And it's like, OK, well, this is this is passing the time for me. Right. Um, but I, I prefer for there to be more to it than that. I, I, I wish I wish more people would just think critically about what, you know, what they watch or what they, you know. Yeah. What they th- what they th- what? OK, what they think they enjoy mm-hmm. and if they really enjoy it and what and m- more moreover what they actually enjoy about it yeah and try to hammer home like try to actually think about like something that they they think that they and i'm not trying to like make them like hate something that they love right i'm mean, that's not what i'm saying like try to hone in on the feeling of what makes something quote unquote good to them yeah like truly yeah and that can be difficult if you are passively engaged like if you're passively watching uh tv or films and by that i mean like so many people will go onto netflix they'll look at whatever's like in the top 10 at that time and they'll press play without a second thought and that's what they watch and and if you're doing that is is it really quote unquote good right like if 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 that is what it's making you do is making you constantly reach for your phone or like talk to your friends while it's on is it really quote unquote good yeah if if that's if that's your reaction to it like that's that's what that's what uh the, the line between tv and movies and whatever is blurred and like this this talks about that too you know um and like david lynch did this you know god how many years ago now with the return yes um it's like half a decade at this point yeah right? i think 2017 wasn't it jesus christ 
um, where he said it was uh, the whole thing was a movie, you know, um, and that was 22 hours long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, OK, yeah, fine. But he was right. <laughs> like, <laughs> was he wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, well, it was like, it was still is- episodic. Sure. But honestly, like, this is the least interesting discussion that this this show and, and other things have tackled. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. But I mean, it, he's not wrong. No, he's not. Uh, he's like, not. Uh, so like the line has been blurred to death. So that's what I'm just saying. So like whenever I say TV show or movie, yeah, it's, it's all it's all the same. Well, yeah, because movie know? stars are just, on I, TV shows now. And sure. Yeah. Everything. I just is, I just hate I just I just hate using the word content whenever I'm talking about something that's actually decent, you know? No, because content does serve it up like it's a meal or like it's yeah, something that exactly. you're just like consuming for the sake of it. Whereas exactly. Whereas you're not actually like engaging with the arts at, at the core of it. Exactly. Exactly. I, I forgot where I was even going because I brought up no because I interrupted. I'm, um, so, I'm sorry. No, it's no, no. You're good. It's just like you know he was he was onto this uh, at least five years ago. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I guess he was onto this whenever he you know came into TV making a parody of soap operas mm-hmm. that was actually a, a, also a film series. <laughs> you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just I, I I just wish people would think more critically about, you know, things that they like. And that doesn't mean like people mis mishear that word. Criticism does not mean, you know, finding the negatives in things that you enjoy. It means actually examining, you know, things that uh, you are taking part in because watching it is taking part in it. Like that is when something is made, it is that is the one process done. Right. Yes. Then the next process is, you know, for the audience. And so you need to take part in that. And uh, hey, I guess that's what this is. This is one part of that. Mm-hmm. What we're doing right here. Yeah. Whether it's being done well or not is uh, up for sure, debate, but it's the intention. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to get, you know, wistful, but uh, I guess it happened. Yeah. I mean, that that's so much of what I appreciate about the show, because um, it does feel like it's fighting back at that uh, sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, contentment or passivity or whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I just if you if you really want to find good art, you're most likely not going to do it by being passive about it and just going onto Netflix and looking at the, the top 10. Like, sure, there mm-hmm. can be good things that come up on there and there have been. But like that's you have to like actually like seek it out. You have to. Yeah. Like uh, this is like you have to examine why you like mm-hmm. things what why why you're feeling that way if something like makes you angry even like you have to know why you have to know why you hate something yes i i know why i hate coda <laughs> oh god <laughs> you know and like, i know why like, i love no, but coda. seriously but yeah but like seriously like you know you brought it up this time not me i know i know i did but like like that like these are the spectrums of reaction right yeah can i can i bring something up so letterbox sure um i've i've used for a long time and every time when i log a movie if i like it well i do a rating but i also will heart it if i actually if i like it or don't like it right mm-hmm. it's like a it's a binary thing the, the heart yeah and um i've looked at all the stuff i've watched this year which is less than normal like i've been watching less mm-hmm. than i usually do but I, every single film that I have logged on Letterboxd this calendar year, I have liked, Mm. which is I don't know what to make of that, whether I have found, whether over time I have come to learn what I like, enjoy or not, or whether my ability to (laughs) like, criticize has diminished I'm not sure which one that is, but Maybe, yeah, like it's, it's, you have to know 
more about the reasons why you have your interests. Mm -hmm. And you can't just be served by just purely nonsensical computer calculations. Yes. That 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 truly don't make sense, mm -hmm. especially whenever they're designed to feed you content that is just made as cheaply as possible to serve as wide an audience as possible. Yes. That's not, you're not going to, you're not going to get those strong reactions from yourself. No. So, yeah. Because there's no, like, there's no discourse surrounding these shows that, like, top the Netflix list on a given week. Unless it's, like, you know, Stranger Things or some, like, monoculture thing like that. But, like, for the most part, these mm -hmm. things go onto the platform, everybody watches them, and then a week later you forget they exist. Right. You know? Because that's what they're designed to do. Because then by then you have another thing. Yeah, whatever movie eight celebrities are in. Yes. That was made in a weekend. Yes. Netflix even, like, came out with that mission statement, like, a year or two ago. They're like, we we're going to have a movie out every single week on the platform a new movie mm -hmm. uh yeah saying nothing about the, the potential quality or, or you know anything like right. that but it's just that the fact that they have one is enough it's whatever keeps people subscribed mm -hmm. um anyway this this sort of uh this this turned into like two like jaded people discussing <laughs> i don't even know what this turned into <laughs> Um, was there anything, anything else about Irma Vep? I mean, I liked it quite a bit. This, I, I've been in, a, I've discussed this on the main podcast. I've been in like a TV rut this year, mm -hmm. which is devastating when you consider that there's more good TV out coming out now than there has ever been in history. Um, but for whatever reason, I've had trouble engaging, um, which is a me problem. Uh, yeah. but this show, I, I, I feel like has sort of like broken me free of my issues, at least for right mm. now. Like I've been really into this and now it's gotten me back into, to watching more stuff. So I appreciate that, you know? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, like, uh, the, the show talks about, you know, uh, bingeability, you know, of programs and how like what they're making isn't going to be bingeable, you know, and shit like that. Yes. And, uh. Here I am, and I was able to watch six episodes of it yesterday. I mean, I had different circumstances, but uh, mm -hmm. I was I was able to do it. See, to me, that's unimaginable. Um, um, sure, I, I like physically probably can't do that. Um, sure, but like for me, like one, I think the ideal is one episode per day of anything. I think of is it, it gives you enough time to take in the episode on its own. Um, but it also just like there's a rhythm to it where like you you don't have to wait like a full week and you you're you're appreciating the episode but then you remain like into it because you're watching it mm -hmm. frequently enough if that, you know if that makes sense um yeah like yeah like i said that's how i usually operate yeah especially with hour-long dramas yeah i don't think you know somehow we didn't talk about how insanely good alicia vikander is at the core of this oh movie. yeah well i kind of did we, I we said, did like, yeah other than you know the first episode i thought she was you know the, the only decent actor <laughs> but <laughs> but that that does fall away like uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, she's, she's incredible. I, I just thought like, there's like sort of, I didn't even almost don't know how to describe just like the energy of her character, um, the aura almost of her character, just like the, the way she like would navigate business conversations mm -hmm. and confrontations on set and kind of like awkward conversations that come up, just like her demeanor, Mira, that is yeah. like, as Alicia Vikander is portraying it, there was just something like so naturalistic about it. Yeah, she felt like completely realized. That's really what it is. She was a real person on screen. Yeah. You know, and that's really like, is that, can you ask for anything more than that? Yeah. It's actually very similar to the way that, you know, Maggie Chung just kind of felt like 
Oh yeah, that's probably Maggie Chung. Yeah, in the yeah. original. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know that was another thing I had about this this movie. I was going to bring up. Um, it was weird how okay, so one of the uh, cast members on the the Vampires remake is Cynthia Kang. She's like one of the uh, the sort of background vampires. She mm-hmm. has like a couple prominent scenes. Um, yeah, she's Lily Flower. Lily Flower. Yeah. Yeah. That's like she had like her own stuff going on, like the actor. But then you get to this scene where she is about to like wrap up and mm-hmm. she's having this conversation with Renee and he gets super weird about how he wanted her to like be the Jade Lee or the Maggie Chung of this movie even though she's playing a completely different character yes. and I'm like what is the similarity here other than they're both Asian <laughs> yeah they're both Chinese actresses that is that was like weird yeah and a bit creepy oh it was very creepy which yeah, like I'm that sure the, that was I think intentional that was the point. yeah yeah like like because there was the whole yeah there was the whole thing earlier about how um the the financer of the mo- uh, the series um like wanted uh a chinese actress again for the for the role of Irma Vep uh but only because like for the Asian market. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why there was a a role given to an Asian actress, like just in general was for the Asian market. Yeah. Um, Which that in itself is is bleak as hell because it's like, okay, it's a thing, thing, but it's like, okay, you're not going to consciously like, as far as representation goes, you're not going to consciously have a character be Asian in all that that entails. Like, as a person, you're just getting an actor that is Asian to play an already written character just for, like, monetary reasons. Or, like... Yes. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, no, I, I, like, you're not, you're not, you're not necessarily hiring them just because they're a, a great actor already. Mm-hmm. You're hiring them because they're an Asian actor and you want the the audience they can bring in. Yes. Rather than for the talents that they have. Yeah. 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 Um, it was also, so what weird me at, like I was fine with Renee being a creep because it was like he was hung up on his ex-wife or like that was like his character, you know, he was seeing her ghost, you know, and all that shit. I was like, okay, fine. Um, uh, cause I thought there was actually going to be a subplot where she takes over the role of Irma Vep, but that didn't happen. No. Um, yeah. Um, but then um, Mira sees the ghost of Jade Lee. Yeah. And she asks her if she's upset that she takes over the role of Irma Vep because she says that Irma Vep was an Asian role, which was a very weird scene to me. Yeah, that's that's loaded. Um, and then because then she has Mira asking about, uh, you know, whitewashing and representation and it's like putting a lot onto this Asian woman. Yeah, Jade's like, I, I don't act anymore. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, and also like that's not an Asian role. No, it's not. It was a fucking it was a fucking French role. Yes. I was just an Asian actress that played the role. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're like putting all of this on this Asian woman who like doesn't actually exist in this moment either because she's like a ghost of a person that's alive. Or whatever. Yeah. But like you're just kind of dumping all this on this Asian woman. You know, I um at the moment It was very strange. It was very strange. <laughs> um at the moment I'm reading I'm reading this book called uh it's a, it's an essay collection called How to Read Now by Elaine Castillo. And um mm. it's like essays about like it's about a lot, but it's it's about it talks about um how at, you know in society we misread a lot. It, it, that just doesn't involve like actually like reading books and stuff. It's about like how we view uh-huh. view the world and everything. 
And she talks about like the literary industry and how when you have writers of color, um, they are expected to sort of answer questions that the white audience has about, right. about race, about all sorts of things. And it's like they're supposed to like they're expected to educate the white audience. Right. Instead of just being able to tell stories and like exist in that space on their own. Right. Like right. they're they become teacher yeah. by essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a, wh- yeah, a white you're, you're writer, seen, you're, yeah, a white writer can just like tell a story about anything, and they don't have to deal with that. Yeah, you're seen as a black author instead of. An author. an author who's black. Yeah. Yeah. And that's almost like what was happening in the scene here where it's like the expectation. It's like you, mu- Jade Lee, you must have the answer to this question. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's like we have to come or, or like or like you're you're upset at me because, you know, yeah, it's I, like I, you're, I, you're I, yeah. I stole an Asian role. Yeah. You're projecting your own issues onto this person who really is not involved. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just I felt like that that was in the back of my mind here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just as, as an aside, a terrific uh, essay collection. The further I get into it, it's just it feels like it's like I'm like reframing the way I look at a lot of like media and culture. Mm. Um, honestly, like it, the stuff you were saying about like media criticism, being able to like think critically and 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 all that. Like this book is is uh, I highly recommend it if you're interested in that because. It, it does get into a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. But that that's, uh, you know, unrelated. Well, it's related, but it's not. I'm rambling. The name sounds very familiar. I'm wondering if I... Um, she, she has, I think, one novel that she's written. Um, I haven't read anything by her before this, but... Uh, yeah, she has an, an, a novel called America is Not the Heart. Mm. Yeah. Um... We should probably wrap up. Yes, huh? we should. This I was like, this doesn't have to be an hour, and it ends up being <laughs> what, like over an hour? Uh-huh. Oh goddamn. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, definitely a worthwhile show. A lot going mm-hmm. on. Some of it worked, some of it didn't, but uh, you know, it went for it. Sure. I respect it. Yeah. I don't know if uh Mr. Esaias will have another opportunity at HBO going forward, but I'm glad that he had this one. Yeah, and you know, maybe in another, I don't know, fifteen years he can remake and revamp into a podcast oh there you go yeah 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 um but yeah i think that's gonna do it for us uh really appreciate you uh checking this out um a little different from what we usually do uh trying to break out the uh movie criticism uh into its own thing um so if you're somehow listening to the very end of this without checking out the main show check out the main uh dead end road show uh we talk about weird internet culture uh, along with some other media criticism. Uh, sometimes we get into anime and games and things like that as well. Um, and that's up available on the same feed or also on YouTube. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Denner Road. Check out the Facebook at facebook.com slash TV, twitch.tv slash TV, where we do some live versions of the main show sometimes. Uh, like this month, we'll be doing one on the 19th and the archive will go up on YouTube. You can do YouTube search for Denner TV. Uh, and you can email us uh, if you have thoughts on IrmaVep at video at denadro.co. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us uh, with this little experiment. Um, we'll catch you in the next one. All right.